aboard to your new weekly favorite podcast, Next Stop, where you will find out all there is to know about trains. 2021 is the European year of rail, a year to remind us that the journey is as important as the destination. I am Alexander, and this is Next Stop, a podcast by the Spring 2021 trainees of the European Committee of the Regions. High-speed trains normally have an average speed of between 100 and 200 km per hour. The Eurostar between London and Paris averages 219 km per hour. Imagine now, how must it be to take the magnetic levitation train in Japan, the fastest train in the world? In 2015, it reached the speed of 603 km per hour. Trains connect cities, towns and villages around Europe. People, especially those living in smaller municipalities, use the train to go to work, university, museums, to meet friends, etc. If you have ever lived outside the city you work, try to think for a while. How much time of your life have you spent on trains? Probably months or even years. A reliable infrastructure, a trustworthy train timetable, and a sufficient frequency of trains are crucial for the people to see trains as an attractive mode of transport. If there are not enough available connections, or people don't know if the scheduled train will get to its destination in time, people will start organizing their lives differently and switching from trains to cars. But what happens to those who cannot afford a car? They are left without any transport option, leading to what is known as transport exclusion. Next stop. Joining us today from Warsaw, Poland, is Bartosz Jakubowski, analyst on public transport and coordinator of the transport expert team of the Jagiellonian Club Analysis Center, a Polish think tank. He also hosts Węzeł Siatkowy, which means Interchange Hub, a podcast about transportation, mobility, and infrastructure. Welcome, Bartosz, and thank you for being here with us today. Morning, my pleasure. Bartosz, when and why did you start getting involved in the world of public transport? Oh, well, hi. <laughs> uh, about 11 years ago, I started working in a uh, in Marshall office uh, in Lower Silesia, in Poland, starting uh, in organizing uh, regional and local uh, rail transportation. And, and that was uh, many other things like Przewozy uh, Regionalne, um, the main operator of uh, regional public transportation in rail in Poland in that days. And now I'm consultant in, in one of the companies uh, which are doing uh, some studies about the uh, rail projects in Poland. And as you said, I'm a, I'm a podcaster since uh, March 2019, so, so that's it. Thank you for that. I'm a big fan of your podcast myself. I would like to ask you, in the 80s and 90s, the Polish government decided to cancel unprofitable connections. In those years, around 9,000 kilometers of railway roads were cancelled which accounts for around one-third of all roads. Why do you think the Polish government did so? Do you think it was a good decision? 
Well, well, we have to go back in the uh, early 80s and uh, look how the Polish railway and, uh, uh, well, how it was organized, right? Uh, in uh, in communist economy, uh, the railways, uh, the state railways, uh, was a huge company. It was uh, even enormous if we look at the common, even if we look, it was a communist uh, economy. Uh, and in the 80s, when the communist economy started to crashing, it has to go through some through some changes, right? And it start and because like many others uh, integrated uh, companies in railway, the Polish state railways has to cut some of the uh, passenger lines, the branch lines, uh, local lines, uh, not because it was uh, unprofitable. Uh, it started doing that because the freight traffic, which was financing the loss that uh, passenger traffic made. So if you look at the lines that was uh, abandoned, mainly abandoned in 1980s and 1990s, uh, they are still in the terrain. It was just abandoned. We're just leaving it to the nature and doing nothing. Uh, so it wasn't the kind of policy you think about some system solution? No, it wasn't. It was uh, a very, very, very kind of short-term thinking. Now we are thinking like this, sometimes sometimes like uh, uh, Silesian metropolitan uh, region uh, thinks about um, taking old freight lines, not from the state railways, but from the uh, coal coal mine uh, railways or sand mines railways, and making it uh, to the uh, bike lanes. So uh, the effect, as you call, uh, pushing people into the cars, uh, it wasn't really intended. It just came up with like a no alternative. It sure seems like short-sighted policies and economies at all costs have really hurt this country. On this note, what would be the best solutions to improve the railway system? Do you believe that railroads will be rebuilt and people living in small towns and villages will be able to benefit from a reliable transport base? Well, uh, the train uh, connections in Poland are step by step, uh, slowly, but are rebuilt. But mainly uh, in the large metropolitan areas, uh, by the large cities and between them, right? If we want to rebuild local lines, branch lines, to the uh, small towns, even in even to the villages. We need to uh, look what costs so much. And it's 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 not the security or safety about the, of the, about the railway. It's about the interoperability. If you look at it, many local lines run on um, engines or DMUs, uh, which, are, <laughs> which are really inoperable. In, in European areas, right? And uh, really, if we want, if we really want to have branch lines, if we don't want to replace them by buses or even with nothing, which mainly happen in Poland, so it's it's the first it's the first problem. Second one uh, that is rebuilding the railway is much more. It, it takes much more cost than uh, maintaining it, even if with the poor in a poor condition. So it's it's the second one. We we abandoned and dismantled too much to rebuild everything. And the third thing that uh, which differ Poland from uh, 
uh, Western states uh, or even the Southern states that uh, our economy changed uh, much. Our mobility changed a much between what we had in 1980s, 1970s and what we have now. So we shouldn't uh, think about rebuilding what we have uh, 50 years ago, but we uh, should think about what we could build new to provide a safe, fast, reliable and, and clean transport, right? Hmm. Fortunately, it seems like there is a silver lining after all. Even very popular connections with trains full of passengers were cancelled. When you're talking about the infrastructure being abundant, it makes me think that also people relying on railway transport were abundant. How did those people react? Did they agree with those decisions? Or maybe did they protest? In some cases, yeah, they, they made some local protests. They even uh, called a, a journalist, the television or something like this. But the, these days, as I said, uh, the state railways was uh, integrated company. There was no uh, private operators who could uh, took their lines and provide the trains. Uh, the local authorities didn't have the money provided. These times in in the law made in Poland, there wasn't uh, there wasn't a local authority task. So yeah, of course, some in some cases people protested. In some case, they just bought the cars and well forgot about the railways forever. And in some in some some spa- some places, they were just uh, the passenger transport from the rail was taken by the buses. But mainly, people took all their money and bought cars. Thank you for describing this process. What do you think about the role of local and regional governments? And what do you think about the role of the EU? So, uh, of course, if the region authorities are, are into it, uh, just, just if they feel that the railway is important, they will do it. They will do it and they will do it right. And as you see, uh, they also have no problems with taking care EU programs, EU funds to make new quality of public transportation. If you look at it, just it's, but I see the main role now in education. If we think about the European year of rail, right? Uh, so I think it's main about the education, how railway can change our communities, our, our cities, our regions, and how important it is to be, well, common, right? It has to be common. If it's, if it's common, you get the passengers. This is a great point. We need to remember that using railway transport is a great way of diminishing our CO2 emissions. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for being with us today, Bartosz. Before finishing the interview, I'd like to ask you if you have one last message to encourage our listeners to engage in the European Year of Rail. Well, actually, the railway is green. If you if you look at the emissions about the railway, it's it's just nothing. If we look at the cars, uh, the railway emits just almost nothing. Uh, the road transport and the railways railway is clean right now, uh, even if the electricity is produced from from the coal. If we transform our energy production into a greener one. It's, it's, it's just okay, right? But it's fair, fair enough today. We don't have to think about 
how to make it more green. It is green right now. The cars are aren't green. We have to just switch from the from the cars to the railway. It's 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 all about that. Next stop. We have with us Ivana Budych from Poland. She is the president of the Transport Exclusion Association, a Polish NGO that works in the goal of making public transport universal and fights against transport exclusion. This NGO builds public awareness on the topic and collaborates with local and regional governments to make public transport accessible. Welcome, Ivona, and thanks for being with us. Thank you very much for the invitation. First of all, could you tell us about the transport exclusion phenomenon? How many people are concerned? How do you define somebody who is affected by transport exclusion? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a very important and very good question. So, so thank you. Uh, transport exclusion uh, is currently one of the most important problems uh, in the country as it limits uh, active participation uh, in social life of many residents as well as influencing other types of uh, social exclusion in Poland and also in Europe, yes. This uh, phenomenon hits the most uh, vulnerable people, the elderly, the disabled, or the poor the hardest. Uh, the result uh, is not only the social exclusion, but also professional and educational exclusion. Uh, studies carried out by independent bodies and institutes uh, says about 15 million people in Poland are excluded in terms of transport. And it's a large number, but at least one third of these people, believe me, do not feel transport excluded because they are used to this situation. So this is, this is really strange. As we can see over the years, until 1980, the train network was systematically electrified here in Poland. Unfortunately, uh, after 1989, this changed abruptly. The passenger transport system became practically inflexible in relation to uh, systemic transformation as followed after 1989. And as a result, between 1993 and 2016, as the Jagiellonian Club report uh, indicates, non-urban regular bus transport lost about 75% of uh, passengers with a decrease in the av- uh, availability of the offer by as much as 50%. So exclusion is highly conditioned by social economic uh, and spatial factors. Wow, 15 million people. Thank you, Ivana, for pointing that out. This is an enormous number. This is pretty much 40% of the whole Polish population. Let me follow on that. Why do so many people do not feel excluded from transport? Don't they believe the government has a duty to provide them good transport opportunities? Yes, so uh, first of all, we need to know that exclusion is very much determined by social and economic and uh, spatial factors, as I said before. And we need to look at who is going to use this transport and what to extend. Uh, There are social groups that are particularly vulnerable to transport uh, exclusion. These are people 
uh, who, who for some reasons do not use or cannot use individual transport. So I mean that individual transport means traveling by car, by bike, uh, or on foot to various places of services or just to work, yes? So maybe looking from that perspective, if people are able to provide private transport for themselves, maybe we shouldn't look at the whole situation as a problem. Or maybe there are any particular challenges that they face that we should take care of. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so first of all, we need to, to talk about the consequences on the transport exclusion, but we have some group of people that feels that are, uh, that they, that, that they are transport excluded. They feel the transport excluded. So the first group, and it's really important, is a group of school children. The municipality uh, has to provide school access for students up to the end of uh, the elementary school and the high school students, even if he or she uh, use can use the their private car they will get a driver license at the age of 18 so at the same time the high school is usually already much farther than uh, farther away and getting their own food or by bike is not obvious so they need they they need to use that the public transport yes and uh, we have to we have to know uh, that moreover uh, that these people would like to go to the country town not only during uh, high school uh, high school hours but also for example in the evening or just go for additional uh, trainings or additional uh, additional uh, yeah trainings or courses and the second group which uh, which we should take care of them are elderly people especially uh, women and widows uh, whose transportation was based uh, on a car driving, but by their husband, yes. And uh, this possibility with the death or disability uh, suddenly ended. So you also have to look uh, at the overall uh, population, where population density is high and families are multi-generational transportation for most elderly people is generally provided by their relatives. It sure seems like transport exclusion don't affect everyone the same. Do you agree that there is a gender dimension to that problem? And to elaborate on that, could you tell us more about the psychological effects of transport exclusion? For example, a whole family relying on one car or a family reliant on a car of their neighbors. Do you think that there are difficult psychological effects to take into consideration while discussing this topic? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is the another very, very interesting question. Uh, first of all, in today's 65 plus age group, the majority of men have uh, a driving license. Among women, the proportion is still noticeably lower. And uh, I checked yesterday, preparing to this interview, that 43% of ladies between 56 and 65 in Poland have a driving license. In the past, in the ten, uh, last 10 years, 
uh, it was 25%. So we still that it's growing, but it's still not the same. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think that, uh, that, uh, right now much fewer women are drivers, but it's, it's right now changing. And this, your, your second question about, uh, the psychological effects, uh, we of, uh, we we also have the population areas as you as you mentioned where the older population dominates and uh, being left alone or unable to benefit from someone's help uh, but the first major difference is that people living in peripheral areas including the populated areas will ha not have an access to services comparable to those in metropolitan areas. This is fundamentally affects the development of the children and young people from the elderly age. Not always, but uh, often we can observe the differences uh, culture and, and customs. In peripheral areas, individual transport will always remain uh, more convenient and will be chosen by uh, a large uh, proportion of travelers. Nevertheless, um, public transport is needed, uh, but it must be match, uh, but it must be match and its development should be integrated with uh, other public policies such as education, such as health, social life and so on. Everyone needs to have an access uh, to the labor market and to the basic services, but this can be provided in a different way not necessarily by by uh, fixed rail or bus services, but sometimes by, uh, by redistributing uh, services and through different alternatives. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we, we see here in our association uh, that there is a huge spectrum of uh, solution used in a different places around the world. I, they should be complementary and pe uh, people in Poland, in the government, should also uh, look at this, uh, this very good solution and try to, uh, to Im improve here in Poland, the um, public transport. Thank you, Ivona, for raising those very good points. Unfortunately, we're running out of time and I would like to ask you one last question. What is the image of public transport? Do you think it is seen as something cool or rather shameful? And if it is shameful, do you think there is a possibility to change it or to influence it? Yeah. In Poland, there is a long-standing belief that if you travel by public transport, you are poor. So it, it sounds not really good that uh, well if you are traveling uh, travel by public transport you are poor but yes it is uh, here in Poland uh, this long-standing belief is is clear having your own car uh, has long been seen as something normal and uh, if you don't have your own car uh, many people uh, many, many people think what went wrong uh, that why you can't afford uh, for uh, for your private car. And after all, nowadays, 
Uh, nowadays, uh, most of the population has at least one car in their household. Household, and uh, I've checked yesterday also that uh, mm, that uh, normal households in Poland has three cars. Uh, so, so it's it's really huge amount. Three cars. Is it completely different in the West? They are traveling to work by subway or by train or by tram, and it's nothing embarrassing in this. This is the norm, and this is this is normal situation, and nobody just another person from the point of view that you that you are you don't have a car. So. Please use your uh, public transport. It's fast. Uh, it's uh, I would say cheap, and it's ecological way mm, to to live. And this is also one of the issues that our association is trying to change the perception of the mm, of the image of public transport in Poland. And we would like to encourage people. Uh, to choose the train or the tram or subway in uh, in Warsaw instead of standing in huge traffic jams, for example, in Wrocław, in Warsaw, in uh, in Gdańsk, Gdynia, while riding a, a tram or a subway, you can read a book, you can relax, you can talk with another person, and while driving a car, you have to focus only on the road. Yes, and stay on the on the traffic jams and rush during the rush hours. Uh, we have to remember that big cities and their entrances uh, are constantly jammed. So, if you live, for example, on the suburb on uh, of Warsaw or Wrocław, you need to spend, for example, one and a half hour before uh, in the morning to go to work. If you use, uh, for example, subway or just a tram or a train, you have to spend 20 or uh, 20 minutes or half an hour, in, and it's really faster than using a car. So we have to remember uh, that uh, big cities and their entrances constantly jam, and the public transport and bicycles don't take space away from the drivers. They give to the residents and its ecological um, ecological point of view. And uh, here right now, after the pandemic, uh, we, we will be promote the public transport in our campaign called Wybieram Zbiorką. So we are starting in uh, June, in the, in the next week, I would say. And we hope uh, our association Hope that uh, that uh, many people will choose public transport rather than staying in the traffic jams uh, in their cars. Congratulations! I believe this is a great initiative. When it comes to me, I am already convinced. I believe that people should choose public transport and especially railways. Ivona, do you have one last message for our listeners to engage in the European Year of Rail? Yes, uh, so uh, please use rail uh, because if you are traveling by train, it's much more comfortable and you can see beauty from the window of, uh, of the train. So I would recommend because it's really comfortable, uh, comfortable traveling by train, especially right now in Poland, when the most of, uh, most of our carriages are uh, renovated. Thank you very much. 
Next stop. Hola. Hola. Bravo. We are Jose, Xavi, and Mila. Welcome again to the Bob Bagel. We are back on track. Today we are taking you to the Balkans and back to Belgium. Stay tuned. Let's, Let's go. I was wondering, have you ever heard of narrow gauge railways? No, tell me more. Well, back in the 20th century, there was a line connecting Bosnia and Herzegovina, Croatia and Montenegro as a part of the Southern Railway Network of Narrow Gauge Railroads. Ah, that rings a bell. And you know how they call these railways? I am all ears. Railways of salvation. Wondering why? They enable better life to many people living in the southern regions of Croatia and Bosnia and Herzegovina. Indeed, the train was part of everyday life and transported not only people, but mail, livestock, coal and food. People even named the train and affectionately called it Chiro. Transport exclusion is still a serious problem today, but it must have been extremely difficult to be excluded back then. Does the railway still exist? It's decommissioned, but looking on the bright side, there has been a project seeking to renovate the existing railway line, create jobs, increase tourism and entertainment options. So let's hope for the best. Okay, guys, I think now it's the moment to go to Serbia. Everybody on board? Yes! If you're interested in this type of railway, there is a wonderful movie you have to watch. It's called Life is a Miracle, set in the last days of Yugoslavia. It tells the story of a railway worker who builds a scenic railway to bring in the tourists, shutting his eyes to the war. And what's worse for tourism than war? Wait, is this the one with a breathtaking railway shape as the number eight? Yes, that one. It goes around the entire mountain, slowly ascending towards the peak. That's where its name, Sharganska Osmica, comes from, word Osmica, meaning number eight. It will be wonderful to have a romantic journey through the past. Please, tell me we can visit that one. Well, although it was closed, its reconstruction in the 21st century was made possible by the support of the movie director Emir Kusturica. So if you're up to some of the most stunning views in Serbia, I recommend you to take this train. And what's more, station buildings have been restored so that they look exactly the way they looked in 1925. Impressive, isn't it? Whoa, great. Road trip to the Balkans it is. One tip. While on the train, if you like classical music, try listening to the Poème de Rivage by Vincent Dindy, a French composed, more precisely, Horizon Vert, Falconara, which takes you on a pleasant train ride in Italy. And now... It is high time to recommend a great museum and exhibition for all of you, fellow train spotters. Know the phrase, when in Rome, do what Romans do? So, when in Brussels, do what Bruxellois do. And go to the Royal Museum of Fine Arts of Belgium. Starting in October, you will be able to visit the exhibition Europalia, Tracks to Modernity, an artistic and historical journey regarding trains through works by major artists of the 19th and 20th century. Can't wait. Me neither. Okay. Thank you all for listening. Wait, 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 wait. We can live without the quote of the day. Oh, yes, you are right. Here is one to keep you on track. The train is a small world moving through a larger world by Elisa Cooper. And unfortunately, we are now moving to the end of the podcast. Once again, thank you for listening. Adios. Adeu. And on that note... 
the fourth episode of Next Stop comes to an end. Thank you to all our listeners and don't forget to follow us and give your feedback on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Remember, a reliable railway system is necessary to fight against transport exclusion and it also does so while being the greenest possible alternative. My name is Alexander and please stay with us until we reach the next stop. Do widzenia!